Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Good afternoon. Welcome back. I'm Greg Scordis, and this is Inside Sources. I am your guest host today. At the last, before the break, we were talking about an interview that we had this morning with Sam Abrams. And just to reset, uh, he is a teacher at the Sarah Lawrence College and a visiting scholar of the American Enterprise Institute, who claims uh, that they performed a study, and that study showed that progressives are more likely to jettison a friend over politics. That is, uh, liberals have a harder time socializing with a conservative person uh, whose political views uh, they find to be uh, different than theirs than than conservatives do going the other way. Uh, Democrats more likely to uh, have less Republican friends than Republicans. He also did a the study also included some information about gender. Listen to this. Uh, one of the other things we've seen a significant decline in particular is of male friendship. So men in this country are more alone than uh, they ever have been in recorded history and in, in recorded survey work. Uh, and this is uh, this, again, is not good because, um, you know, we need um, both genders or whatever. We need uh, people need social support services. They need, again, empathy. They need an, uh, an ear to listen to, an arm to hold on to every now and then. And more and more men are reporting that they feel disconnected and do not have uh, folks to talk to. Uh, again, that can lead to radicalization. That can lead to depression and a whole host of other problems. It can also lead to people going on social media. It can also lead to individuals turning to social media when they're isolated. Instead of talking to their friends, they go on Facebook, they go on Twitter, they go on social media. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And when you're isolated, incidentally, you turn, you turn to social media. That's where the radicalization occurs, right? Uh, you know, get off of Facebook, get off of Twitter so much. You, certainly you can use it, but uh, talk to real people. Uh, you might find that you're a lot happier over time. You know, rely on families. Rely, you know, you may find, and, and faith, you may find that you're happier there as well. I, I guess I couldn't agree more. Um, get off of social media and talk to your family because we're going to talk later about social media and how uh, our politics plays in and how, how hate, uh, hate speech tends to drive up social media. Um, we've all had situations where we've unfriended uh, people, even family members or been unfriended uh, by family members over just social, uh, social media or social posts or social positions that we have. Um, he also says that the Democratic Party is becoming more progressive, which isn't very representative of the, of the American public. If you look at Republicans and you look at Democrats, Republicans haven't moved all that much in the last couple of election cycles. But if you look at the Democrats, they're moving more and more to the left. Sure, there are people who are more centrist. 
There are people, uh, you know, like the Clintons who tried to, you know, find the middle. But if you take a look at some of the most active folks uh, on the left, the Ocasio-Cortezes, uh, the ultra-progressives, the Jabal Bowmans, uh, Congressman Bowman represents the Sarah Lawrence district, um, you're, you're seeing a rhetoric that's just extremely progressive, in many respects extremely woke. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not convinced that that's where the country is and most Americans are. Uh, if you look at New York City as a microcosm of that, which had a very competitive race uh, for mayor, um, you know, the, the most progressive uh, candidates did not win. They were uh, tapped down, and you had a much more centrist, uh, reasonable set of folks uh, ultimately get the, uh, the, the top selection. I don't know that I agree that uh, Republicans haven't moved all that much and Democrats are moving more and more to the left, especially given the, the previous administration in the White House, which seemed to shift the needle of Republicans much further to the right than they've ever been. And, and in a way that uh, that has perhaps either been a, a reflection of the Democrats uh, moving more and more to the left or maybe a cause of the Democrats moving more and more to the left. Uh, nonetheless, both sides are drifting in the opposite direction, and we we tend to to want a centrist candidates, but they can't get through their own party's uh, primary, and that's a problem too. Uh, he also says that there's a lot of heterogeneity in the Republican and Democratic parties. We found time and time again that there's a lot of heterogeneity in the parties. There is not, you know, when you say, are you a Republican, it doesn't necessarily mean one set of the ideas and values and preferences. Uh, ditto for the, the Democrats. Uh, so um, we talk a lot about um, identity, uh, but, you know, when you meet a Republican, a Republican in New York may look very different from a Republican in Texas versus Idaho versus California. So what do we do? I mean, given this and given given where we are, I know my family's getting together over the 24th of July to celebrate Christmas uh, because we weren't able to then. And, and, and I know politics is going to come up. And, and it, it frankly scares me because we have people from all 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 viewpoints. And if we could just talk about um, food and, and drink, we I think it would be a wonderful day. But you know it's going to come up. He does have some some um, ideas of, of things that we can do going forward to avoid some of this. Take a look at what the data is. Talk to more people. Be more open. Break out of your friendship groups and your networks that are smaller and smaller. Get off of Twitter and talk to some uh, more Americans, and you'll discover uh, people like faith. They like family. They want less government. They don't like defunding the police. Uh, they don't like some of these uh, ultra-progressive ideals that we hear a lot of. There's a lot of noise, but it doesn't mean that that noise corresponds well with the actual values and attitudes of most Americans. I'll probably get in trouble here, but I don't, and I don't remember who it was, but we used to have a, a politician or a thought about what they described as the moral majority, and I still believe that the majority of Americans are really centrist, that don't necessarily align seriously with Democrat or Republican. I hear a lot of Utahns say, well, I'm a Democrat in Utah, but if I was in another state, I'd probably be a Republican. Uh, or people who really say, look, I, I just vote for the candidate. I'm, I'm, I'm moderate. I'm willing to consider both sides. Um, we've seen what that did to, to Mitt Romney. He tried to take a centrist position, and he's, and he's getting killed in his own party. I don't know that he's even going to I don't know that he would run again, but I think he's going to have a hard time, whereas uh, Mike Lee has taken a position, our other senator, uh, going very far to the right, aligning himself very much so with, with, 
with Trump, at, which plays well within his party and is probably going to make him um, a, a very viable candidate within his own party, may, not necessarily as much as in a statewide race. I think uh, statewide, uh, Mitt Romney would probably get more votes than, than Mike Lee, uh, but within the party, and that's where you got to go before you can get on the ballot, you've got to get through the primary, you've got to get through the 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 people that show up at those um, conventions, and they usually reflect a, f- a further position within the party, both Republican and Democrat. Questioning, debating, seeking the truth, it's, it's, it's a human enterprise. Um, it's also what's truly made America great. If we want to talk about what makes this country so wonderful, certain communities so wonderful, it's a competition of ideas. Uh, it's a, you know, it, you know, look at what's come out of Salt Lake City and, and the universities uh, out, out there. Um, incredible things have come out because it's not a monolithic culture. It's we have different ideas. We're going to compete. Uh, we don't want to shut down that competition. Uh, and that's what scares me. When you, when you have this echo chamber, the competition of ideas, how do you actually improve lives? How do we create better technology? How do we make society better? That, that's, it's a lot harder to flourish. If the only rhetoric uh, that you're hearing about uh, how to make this country better is tear down institutions and redistribute wealth, I'm not so sure you're going to see people have the same incentive to innovate and to create new things. Uh, so uh, it, it's dangerous for the country and, and, and better to have a free competition of ideas. So we ask, what do we do? What, what, is your, what is your recommendation going forward? You know, one thing that I encourage uh, voters and, and just Americans to do more is to demand better, to demand more of their politicians, uh, to vote, uh, to actually exercise their voice, to demand more of their media and say, What's really going on? How do we make this country better? Uh, and, and we want to talk. We want to hear from, uh, ideas. When, when I speak to college students uh, around the country, uh, one of the things that always happens is, um, you know, and I'm very lucky about this, uh, students line up around, around, you know, the corners. The rooms are packed because over and over and over again, they say, you know, they want to hear other ideas. They want to hear all opposing points of view. They're not threatened or scared of hearing a diversity of ideas. They know that something is off. Uh, and uh, they know that, you know, there's just sort of this progressive push that dominates uh, our media, and uh, they see it becoming more and more extreme. They don't like it. So to, to your uh, listeners, um, if you're feeling that something is off and that folks on the left, uh, you know, are, are just moving more and more out of the mainstream, your hunch would be right. And that's uh, the joy of what I get to do, which is to sort of empiricize and really dig down deep to find the truth. And that's what we're seeing right now in the data. Interesting very interesting. I could have uh, spent another hour uh, talking with him, and not necessarily that I agree with him, but just uh, a, a very interesting perspective. When we come back, we're going to talk about social media and what drives the success of social media posts. It might surprise you what studies have found. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> 